welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm super duper excited because this is episode 222. 222. <laughs> I can't wait till I hit 444. Like, that's going to be my most favorite, like, ever. Ooh. All right, but here we are, episode two twenty two. And if you're if you're watching this instead of uh, and if you're watching this instead of listening, I want to tell you that my hair is not greasy. <laughs> it's uh, I just got done a run. It's eighty eight out, you guys. It's like eighty eight degrees out. I just got back from a little run. So I'm still kind of like sweating is what's happening. So forgive, forgive my face, forgive the appearance. Okay. Here's the thing. So I'm going to call this episode, I think, I think this, I think this is going to be called being in the hallway, being in the hallway. And I'm going to explain to you more in depth. Of course I am. Of course I am. I'm going to tell you a story about how this sucker came to be. But think of like being in the hallway as being in, I'll say it like this, being in that in-between place. It's being in the in-between place, right? It's the place where you know, maybe something has ended, but the next thing has not yet begun. Maybe it's in that place where it's kind of like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do here. <laughs> right. It's like that, 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 that place where a lot of times a lot of people can feel wicked uncomfortable. So we're going to dive into this a little bit more deeply, but of course I'm going to tell you um, how how I came to uh, name this phenomenon. So this is what I refer to as. Now, I've heard other people talk about it like being um, in the void, right? In, in, in the void. And so sometimes people will be describing to me, right? Like my mentoring clients, um, coaching clients will be talking to me about how they're in this place that feels really scary to them. They don't know what's next. They're not sure what they're supposed to do. They're just like freaking dying. Like, give me a sign universe. Like, tell me what to do. And it can be really, really, really uncomfortable. And when they start to describe how they're feeling, I'll go, oh, I know where you are. You're in the hallway. And they'll be like, what do you mean? <laughs> and so here's the thing. Okay. So Many of you may know, right, that I used to have a yoga studio for like 10 years, a brick and mortar space, but I moved it several times to different locations. And the last building that I had my yoga studio in, in Concord, New Hampshire. All right. So first of all, let me say this. I loved my landlord. My landlord was fantastic. He was a, he was an incredible human being. He was a great guy. We hit it off. We got along. Awesome. He was a family man. He was a smart businessman, owned a bunch of different real estate, but he was a sweetheart. Okay. Good, good hot. But you know what he was not good at? (laughs) This was picking colors, picking colors and like designing and decorating. Okay. 
So when I first moved into this building, uh, somebody else owned it. So the previous landlord, right, also seemed to be a nice man. I didn't really get to know him. But when I first moved into the building, no, no, it was like almost empty. It was like almost empty. And this place probably has, I want to say like 20, 25 offices, maybe like different spaces and stuff like that. Um, and so, but it was almost empty for whatever reason. So he sold the building to the new landlord who I loved. And so once the new guy came in, he started like upgrading the building, right? He cleaned up the bathrooms. He, you know, he met with the individual people who had spaces. And I was like, hey, can we put down like this new flooring? Hey, can we like do this? And he was just so helpful and so fantastic. But one of the things he did is out in the hallway. So think of a long rectangular building, right? With multiple levels. And what he did is he painted all the walls, all the doors, and all the trim the same exact color. <laughs> okay, so there was no differentiation between different surfaces, uh, like, you know, raised panels, like everything was the same kind of like muted, like mousy kind of like creamish tan, right? It was just like, uh, like, like just not like, I, as you can see, look around me, right? I like color, right? I like color. And I used to, I used to like bust his balls a little bit. I'd be like, what is with, what is it with this color? And he's like, oh, you know, it's just easy. It's just like easy on the eye, like whatever. I was like, oh my God. And I used to say, are you going to at least paint the trim a little different? But the worst part was this, not only was everything the same color, but there were no signs in the beginning. There were no signs on any of the doors. Now, like I said, this is an important part, right? The building was mostly empty. So in the beginning, I was there all the time. My studio the first time, because I moved offices. I was in four different offices in that building. So fun. But my first space, I took over two offices. We knocked down a wall and we opened it up. I put down flooring, the whole shebang. But I was always in the building because I was working on the space, doing stuff like whatever. And people used to come into the building because there was a business down the hall. There was like an accounting firm. There was like a real estate person. There was like a couple of other businesses. But you would come into the building and I would literally, it was like literally finding people wandering the halls with like a stupefied look on their face. They were just like walking around. And I could hear people. I used to keep the door open, right? I could, I was kind of like the mayor of the building because I would like give tours to people. I would help people find what they were looking for because they'd come into the building, no signs, everything's the same color. All they know is they're supposed to go to this street in this building. And they'd come in and I'd be like, I'd like stick my head out and I'd be like, hey. And they'd be like, hi, do you know where this is? And they would be so confused and so lost. And I was so... After all those experiences, like I would go out into the hallway, I would guide them. I'd say, this is where you're going. Sometimes I would walk them right to the doors that they were trying to find because I got to know where everybody was behind those closed doors. Okay. So I think you're getting my drift from the story. So when, when people would be lost, when people would be confused, when people would be like, I don't know which door to choose. I don't know which door to open. I don't even know what's behind any of those doors. That kind of like 
you know, like wide eyed, like shuffling around, like I'm just so lost. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I call that being in the hallway. <laughs> now, like I said, sometimes people we call it, I also call it being in the in-between place. Some people call it being in the void. And here's the thing. When we are personally and professionally standing in the hallway, now, sometimes you're in the hallway about a relationship, about your marriage. You're trying to decide, like, what what is it that I actually feel? What is it that I actually want to do? I don't know what to do. I feel lost. I feel untethered. I feel, and for a lot of people, right, that feeling of not knowing what's next, not knowing what the next right step is or taking, they don't even know what the next little step is. It can be wicked scary. And if you've been there at some point in your life, like just double amen hands, because I don't know about you, but I have been there so many times. Like, for example, some of you who, if you're a loyal listener, first of all, thank you so much. And thank you for being here. If you can hear the sound of my voice, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I appreciate you so much. Um, so I have had a membership, like a spiritual community and membership for the last three years called The Nest. And um, I started the nest in May on May, like May 29th is when I, you know, behind the scenes, got a couple of new um, signups, but I officially, I think announced it to the greater public, like May 31st, which is, you know, when I'm actually recording this. So three years ago, almost to the day, I opened the door to this membership. So I opened it during the pandemic when everybody was like stuck at home. And it was an online, right, an online membership and community. And people were really freaking out and people wanted, a, uh, you know, a, a place where they could gather and do personal transformational work and spiritual work and all that stuff. And I just know that spiritual companionship can be wicked helpful, especially when you're trying to, um, you know, deepen your relationship with yourself, to change your perception on things, right, to, to grow, personal development, right, and all of that stuff, you know, creating a, a daily spiritual practice. So I created this container called The Nest. And so now it's been three years. And, you know, I get what I call, like, you know, all of a sudden I get like these inner nudges. That's what I kind of call them. And I would say that being in the hallway feels like the opposite. So this is a good example. It feels like the opposite of what I'm describing right now, which is like an inner nudge, right? So every once in a while, I'll get these inner nudges. And I was, I, I just did a, a newsletter about this. I wrote an email about this talking about how my sweetie, you know, will just be like sitting, will be like sitting at the kitchen table, like having some yummy vegan snacks. And then all of a sudden I'll blurt out some shit like, um, yeah, you know, this is like years ago. I'd be like, I don't, I don't think I want to have a yoga studio anymore. And he would just look at me and I would just continue munching on my sandwich and just eat my lunch. He'd be like, what? So all of a sudden it's like, there will be a, an awareness. There'll be a thought or a feeling in my body of like, oh yeah, something needs to change. And maybe, dear listener, you can relate to that when you all of a sudden have this awareness that changes afoot. And I always say, I, 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 when I talk about being in the hallway, I'll kind of talk about how it's almost like that you can, there's like a, a train in the distance and you can barely, barely hear the whistle, right? It's like, choo, 
YouTube? Like, you know, something's coming, but you don't know from which direction. You don't actually know what it is. You don't know if you're supposed to get out of the way or get on the train or get off the train or where is it going to stop where you are, right? So when I get those inner nudges, I just go, oh boy, here we go. Changes are coming. And right after I often have those little nudges, that something is about to end, or maybe something is about to begin, but it usually has to do with endings. Um, I can often tell like, oh God, I'm about to go into the hallway. I just know it, right? And I don't have an idea of what's next. And for a lot of people, the uncertainty of that can feel a little terrifying. It can feel like, as I said, like wicked scary. And I always think about um, a quote by Neil Donald Walsh, if you don't know who he is. He's an author and a writer, Conversations with God guy. And he has this great quote that I love. And he says this, he says, if you want guarantees in life, then you don't want life. Oof, oof, that's so, that, if you want guarantees in life, you don't want life. You want rehearsals for a script that's already been written. He says, life by its nature cannot have guarantees or its whole purpose is thwarted. All right, let me say that again. If you want guarantees in life, you don't want life. You want rehearsals for a script that's already been written. Life by its nature cannot have guarantees or its whole purpose is thwarted. Now, us humans with these nervous systems and these brains right? The nervous system is always asking the question, am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? And a lot of times how we feel safe is by being in the familiar, being in what's known. Even if what's known is hell, we at least know that hell and we feel like we can predict it, right? It's like, oh, I know how to navigate this particular brand of hell. I don't know what's on the other side of that door. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times, it can be really scary when we're in that place of uncertainty, in the unknown, in the unfamiliar. So when we kind of energetically or mentally or emotionally or physically or whatever, find ourselves in the experience of the hallway, it's like, holy Jesus, buckle up for safety, right? Because in the in-between place, when you're in the hallway, there's actually nothing that you can do. And it's so uncomfortable sometimes. Now, I'm going to, of course, invite us to shift our perspective on this. But I'm just talking about how, like, right off the bat, initially, it can, real, it can feel really scary. And so where a lot of people get scared, uh, what I also get sometimes when I have been in the hallway in the past is I feel frustrated sometimes because I just want to figure it out. I just want to figure it out. Right. And I just did a podcast about this uh, a couple of weeks ago called uh, Feel It Out. So instead of going up into my brain, right, and trying to like do the long division and do the long math and the fucking complicated multiplication tables and all that, right? It's like, why? It's like, instead of trying to figure this out, why don't we just be with ourselves? Why don't we just sit with ourselves and see if we can just kind of feel it out? Because what it's really asked, what the hallway is asking us to do is to be patient. But a lot of us, we're not patient. We're kind of like, like, this is not a time in the hallway. You cannot be a pushy pants. Like you cannot be trying to force yourself on the universe 
and trying to make shit happen. You know, I have a friend who always used to say to me, make it happen. <laughs> Kirk Kendall, I'm talking about you, right? My brother, you would say like, uh, we're going to make it happen. You can't make shit. You can't make jack shit happen when you're in the hallway, when you're in the in-between. Or as some people would call it, well, like when you're in that, you know, that space of unknowing. Sometimes you just have to kind of sit with yourself. So I am like, okay, so as I get older, right, I'm always thinking to myself, okay, how do I want to feel instead? Because I can approach, I can approach the hallway as if it is a place for me to get my panties in a bunch, in a place for me to panic, in a place for me to start trying to devise some plan. You know, and of course, the Miracles has that great line that says, a healed mind does not plan. It doesn't mean that you don't have a plan. It just kind of means that you don't make the plan all on your own, meaning that you <clears throat> don't try to do it from the ego perspective of fear, that instead you develop a little bit of trust and you go inwardly and you try to, you know, commune with the part of you that is, I would say, the part of me that is smarter and better and wiser and, and kinder and more patient and just kind of see maybe what's what they have on the menu, like what are they serving up <laughs> in the hallway? Oh, my God. So I've decided when I'm in that place of the in-between place, when I'm in the hallway, that instead of getting frustrated, instead of trying to inflict, inflict my fear into the situation, I'm like, I'm going to choose to show up in curiosity instead. And I'm going to choose to see this time as a creative pause. So I can either choose to completely freak out and like be wicked impatient and, um, you know, uh, like, you know, wring my hands and get my stomach all knotted up and be like, ah, like a crazy person. Or I can choose to be curious and experience it as a time for stillness. The nervous system, right? The nervous system, I think a lot of times really desires stillness. It desires that pause. It desires that space where things can just kind of settle and be. You know, I talk about it like, you know how sometimes when you first walk into a lake or water when after the season, so like we have this little pond here in my town where you can like go to. And at the beginning of the summer season, when all the little kids are like going in the water, like all the leaves, all the sediment from the bottom, like, you know, comes like churning up to the top and then like it settles back down again. And then you can see like you can see down to your feet again. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what it feels like. And it's like, so we can look at this time of being in the hallway as a time to get really still, to get internally quiet. And this is why daily spiritual practices can be incredibly helpful when we learn how to train our mind to come back to whatever it is we want to place it on. And whether that's the breath, whether that's the sensation of the breath going in and out of your nose, whether it's like your gaze on an object or a candle, but being able to bring your mind back to a place, it's the mind is almost never going to be still, but the mind can learn how to be mindful and learning how to train your brain to just kind of get quiet enough so that you can actually listen and you can hear the call of your heart. You can hear what's arising in you. Even if what you're listening to in the beginning is you're just your chatter and you're your, your inner critic and your fear. It's like even paying attention to that can give you like a lot of information and feedback. 
So what if instead of treating like the hallway, being in the hallway as like a punishment of some sort, as like some sort of like, you know, like, you know, you're on the, when you, when you just feel like it's a little bit torturous, what if we saw it as a, as a time of fertility, like a really fertile time for creativity, like this gestation period where something is trying to um, come through you. And I don't necessarily want to say like being born in you, but you know what I'm saying? Like what if when something is trying to uh, creatively emerge, because that's the time when it is, um, uh, it's full of possibility. That's what I like to think that when you're in the hallway, that is a time when you are in the mysterious, when you're in the unknown, when you are um, um, full of possibility. And we can either meet it with, um, you know, like I said, when you develop a daily spiritual practice of, of um, deepening your connection to yourself, to source or the God of your own understanding, whatever that might be, whatever you might call it, right? When you start to develop that uh, deeper connection to spirit, and you start to develop a little more faith. You start to develop a little bit more trust. And sometimes the faith is just, you just develop faith in yourself that you'll know what to do when the time comes. You'll know what you need to know to know what you need to do and what's next. I've been doing this long enough now, this whole being in the hallway bullshit routine. <laughs> I found myself in the hallway enough times now that I don't really panic. I sometimes still, because total transparency, I do sometimes still get impatient. I'm like, let's go. Can I just get the assignment? Can I just get my instructions? Can you just tell me what's next? <laughs> because I'm like, I want, I want to know where I'm going. But I'm way better now at just kind of sitting with myself and being in the mystery and being in the possibility because you know Oprah one time you know I was lucky enough to meet her I was lucky enough to listen to her speak to a you know a smaller group of people um, privately in Massachusetts and I'll never forget when she said you know God dreams a bigger dream for you than you could ever dream for yourself and I realized that I was like, yeah, you know what? Like when I'm in the hallway, it's when I'm available for call it, whatever you want to call it inspiration. Some people call it like, you know, Marion Williamson sometimes says you can download the files. You know what I'm saying? So you're in that time when you are, when you are open and what if you could make yourself open and like available for it instead of churning and gnashing your teeth and like, you know, pulling out your hair and just being like, oh my God. And being like totally crazy. And it makes me think like um, of this little, I'm going to hold it up. I'll describe it for those of you who are listening. But I often share this little cartoon, this little graphic. I, I have no idea who made this thing. I've always looked, um, but uh, I don't do anything with it other than just show it to people on a, on a call. So I print out this little piece of paper. Okay, and I'm going to describe what's on this thing. So there's a little person standing and it's literally like just a head circle right circle head a little stick figure with two eyes and a big happy smile their arms are sticking out in the air like their arms are up like yay you know like up in the air and then they're two little stick legs and they just have on like this red shirt it's like think about like Winnie the Pooh almost <laughs> it's like a red shirt a red dress I have no idea right this little character has no nose no heat no hair no ears I don't so I don't know 
and and listen, this is what he's saying. So the little arms are up in the air and this little person is saying with excitement, with joy, you can just tell like, yay. And this is what they're saying. I have no idea what's going to happen. This is the energy. I have no idea what's going to happen, right? This is the energy that we can learn to bring to the hallway. So instead of being scared, instead of being impatient, instead of like, again, pacing the hallway, like wearing a hole in the rug, we can kind of just be like palms open, receptive, open and receptive and listening and developing a trust that we're going to know what we need to know when the time is right, when the time comes. And I kind of joke about it like, you know, sometimes being in the hallway is like getting on a train that you have no idea where the fuck it's going. <laughs> You're like, I don't know where it's going. I don't know what direction it's traveling in. I don't know what stop is mine. All I know is that I'm on this moving vehicle, right? I'm on this vehicle and I somehow just have to trust that I will know which stop is mine. I will know right? When you're in the hallway and I talk about like all the doors look the same, nothing distinguishes them from each other. There's no signs. You have no idea what, you know, it's like that game show when they say, you know, I pick door number two, right? And you're just like crossing your fingers. But what if we could develop a tolerance within ourselves to be a little uncomfortable, to be in the unknown, to kind of swim right? And to float, to find a way to be in the flow of the cycle of this, because it is, right? This is what life is. It is a thousand beginnings and endings. We see it with the sun goes up, the sun comes down, the moon goes up, the moon goes down, right? Like to our eyes, right? The, uh, the day starts, the day ends. We wake up, we go to sleep. I mean, you know, we have the seasons here in New England, right? So we have these seasons. We have these things that happen, you know? And when the time comes, like for me, when I get the inner nudge, hey, this thing you've been doing for three years, yeah, it's time to let it go. It's time to surrender it. It's time to go into the fertile void, right? It's time to go into back to being in the hallway. Now, the good news is for me, this go round is that I'm kind of not in the hallway, right? So the nest is ending, but I already have an idea of what's beginning. I already have this idea of what's next. So in September, I'm going to be opening up the doors. I'm going to be inviting people in to a group coaching program. And um, it's going to be different than whatever I've done before. And I'm super duper excited because it's only going to be for like four months. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you a smidge about it. I'll tell you a smidge about it in case it caught your ear and you're interested. Um, but it's going to be like four months and I'll tell you more about it, but this is just a little heads up, right? It's going to be like four months long, I think. And I would say, these are all subject to change, but this is what I'm thinking right now. This is what I'm feeling right now. And I'm only taking 12 people because I want it to be an intimate group. So it'll be 12 people plus me, kind of like the Knights of the Round Table. The table was round for a reason, for equity. Everybody has a say. There's no head of the table. I mean, yes, it's my group. I'm leading it. But you know what I'm saying? All the people who come, equality, right? Fairness. Everybody has a voice. Everybody matters. 
but also there's only 12 seats. And with the Knights of the Round Table, once you claimed a seat, once you were knighted and you were invited into the knightdom, right? That seat became yours. So the way I'm kind of approaching it is, you know, those first 12 people who say yes, that will be your seat. And you can keep that seat because after the end of the four months, it will start again. And if you want to keep your seat, you can keep your seat. But if you give up your seat and that seat fills, you know, you might have to wait for another round to like come back. And so it's going to be um, a really incredible group, you know, kind of based on all the work that I do, right? Spiritual mentoring, integrative change work, life coaching, hypnosis, like brain science, right? Subconscious reprogramming, empowering new beliefs, right? Changing, shifting perspectives, owning your magic, like all that stuff. You know, it's for entrepreneurs and for, you know, people who maybe are employees or work in corporate. You know, if you are humaning, because humans, you know, people be peopling <laughs> and humans be humaning. And if you're in the human experience and you're trying to navigate it with less stress, less anxiety, more fun, more self-awareness, more spiritual tools in your toolkit, more ways to help yourself get out of patterns of anxiety, right? Creating new habits, like all the things, right? All the stuff that you guys know uh, that if you listen to this podcast and you're on episode 222, by now, I think you get a sense of who I am and what I do and how I help people. So I'm wicked excited for the fact that A, that this program, because um, I had a group coaching program, oh, you know, years ago and I freaking loved it. So I'm wicked excited to kind of be coming back to this. But also it's kind of nice too, to not feel like, oh God, I'm hundred percent back in the hallway. So I have, there's like a light flickering and I know which door I'm going to be opening in September. So that's really exciting. And then I also know that I'll be doing um, uh, another retreat in November, a four day retreat here in New Hampshire at the Mountain View Grand. That's going to be amazing. So I have some fun stuff up my sleeve. And of course, always story time hypnosis is happening. Um, and the next one, I'm not sure when you guys will be hearing this. So we are in the year of 2023, just so that we are, we are in the year of 2023. So the next one is uh, June 13th. So I don't know when uh, your human ears might hear this episode, but if you hear it before then and you want to come join us, uh, we would love to have you. So you guys, here's the thing. If you do find yourself in the hallway, how you view the hallway is going to uh, really flavor and color your experience in the hallway. And you can try to fight it. You can get really anxious and stand there and be like, why aren't the doors opening? Which door should I take? Oh my God. And you can panic and you can get scared and you can get frustrated and you can be impatient. You can try to be a pushy pants. Or you could simply sit down, relax, pause, and wait for further instructions. You can give up control. You can surrender. You can trust. And hopefully, if you are on your own, um, call it whatever you want to call it, you know, the your personal development work, your spiritual work, your transformational work, whatever it is, your self-awareness work, getting to know yourself, right? You're starting to trust yourself more and more and more. So even if you do find yourself in the hallway, right, with no guarantees, not knowing what's going to come next, on some level, you can go within you can connect with yourself. You can connect with source. You can connect with spirit, your spiritual team, S-T-O-T-J on the job, right? And uh, and try to trust. And when it gets scary, you can pick up your tools. 
And whether that's using breath work or meditation or prayer or mantra or tapping or bilateral stimulation or, you know, all the different ways that we're learning now to help the nervous system to come back home to yourself, as we always say. You know, Ram Das, you guys hear me quote this all the time. Ram Das says, you know, we're all just walking each other home. And I really do believe in that this work that I'm doing, this work that I do, it's always an invitation to return to love. And when we're in the hallway, we get to be in that place that is really fertile and full of potential for what's next. And we can either approach it from the ego state of mind of fear, or we can relinquish that and instead choose to approach it from the state of mind of spirit, which is love. So I think of being in the hallway as an opportunity to remember who I truly am and to come back home to myself. Because that's what this work is really all about. It's not about becoming anything. It's about removing the blocks and the barriers that keep you from knowing yourself, that keep you from being aware of love's presence. So I think I'll just leave it there. So when you're in the hallway, maybe you can embrace the mystery of it and dream into what might be possible and listen, really listen to your heart, to your body, to the subconscious and see what comes floating up to the surface. So you guys, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was helpful in some way. And if you liked it and you feel like you got something from it, maybe you can, uh, somebody comes to mind that could also benefit from it. So I would love, love, love if you shared it uh, with somebody you love or care about. And if you haven't already, if you're a loyal listener of the show and you haven't left a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcasts, that would be super duper fun. <laughs> I mean, super duper fun for me for sure. <laughs> but hopefully, you know, I don't know about you, but I actually like doing those things for people and letting people know that I that I appreciate them and I appreciate whatever it is that they're offering, you know, their content, their love, their their work, their items, their products, whatever. So hopefully. So I just appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for being here. And wherever you go out into the world, right? Wherever you go, right? May you leave yourself and the people and the animals and the earth and the environment, all of it, better than how you first found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing of some kind. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite part was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. 
And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.